Hello, hello, and welcome to the Holistic Fitness Podcast, where you'll learn how to get your goals without burning out. I'm your host, Laurie, and this show isn't just about movement or nutrition. You probably already know that exercise and nutrition is important for your mental and physical health and well-being. It's also about stress management, mindset, shedding those limiting beliefs, and working through some of that childhood trauma while you're at it. Today, I'm joined by Amy Wilson, a board-certified geriatric pharmacist, a certified fitness professional, and a certified nutrition coach using the Faster Way to Fat Loss platform, who's disrupting the diet industry and helping her clients take their health back. Amy's mission is to empower and equip her clients to take charge of their health and find balance in their lives. With over 30 years of experience, Amy specializes in developing individualized health plans that navigate through her clients' individual barriers, allowing them to be successful in their efforts. Amy is passionate about helping people prevent and reverse diseases with nutrition and fitness. Through her personal and professional experience, she has seen firsthand how diet and exercise can change a person's life and how the right nutritional program can be the key to improving their health and fitness. She's seen her clients reverse their pre-diabetes, diabetes, high cholesterol, and so much more. She is driven to help her clients feel in control of their body, their mind, while no longer feeling enslaved by their scale. Today, we chat about how eating less and moving more does not work. Muscle and nutrition are the keys to longevity, skinny is not healthy, and why Ozempic, Wegovy diet medications are not the answer. How are you going this morning, Amy? I am going great. It's a beautiful day here and the weather is sunny and not so hot. So it's going to be, it's going to be a good day. I'm excited about this conversation. Yes, me too. And I'm excited that you're from Kentucky. Whenever I think of Kentucky as someone who grew up in Australia, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to click my red hills three times. (laughs) Well, I'm a transplant. So Ohio to Chicago to Kentucky, but I I absolutely love it here. Yeah. I was born in Ohio too. Fun fact, the most really? amount of, um, of astronauts are from Ohio. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, I, I would, I would, my bad. I assumed you were born in Australia with the accent. That's okay. I throw people off, Amy. Yeah, that's definitely not an Ohio accent. <laughs> no, definitely not. I'm going to start this podcast the same way that I start every podcast. You know, you are highly educated, very left brain, very research orientated pharmacist. And I feel like anyone that like goes down a research field or a fitness field or naturopathy or whatever it is where you're helping someone, there's some sort of backstory as to why you got into this in the first place. So can you provide me with the context that I would need to know to know why you help people in such a holistic way today? Yeah, let's go with the short slash long version of this. So (laughs) I, (laughs) um, yeah, so just like probably about any female who's listening to this, I started my dieting journey, unfortunately, at a very young age, puberty, you know, seventh, eighth grade, and it wasn't a good relationship with food. And back when Back, I would say back in the day to sound like I'm an ancient person, but you know, back in the day, <laughs> we really didn't know much about weight loss, dieting, all the all the things that we do know now. I mean, now we have a lot of science backed up. Back then it was, oh, go on this crash diet, lose weight, and you'll be great. And the problem is, is that we kept doing that over and over again. Obviously, it didn't work. I played sports, I danced all through high school, and then I went to college. Um, as a pharmacy major and decided to become an aerobics instructor. So it was 
it was one of those kind of cool things that I mean, and this was the time. So I'm like, I really aged myself. I'm like, this is the time with leg warmers and leotards and big hair. So you guys get the idea. Um, so I started back in the day with high-low um, aerobics and I love cardio. I will be the first to admit that I was a cardio junkie, a cardio bunny, whatever you want to call it. And I kind of did the whole thing about trying to out train a bad diet. So even though pharmacy, even though I was going into something that I wanted to help people and at that time it wasn't getting healthy at that time it was all about the medication and learning to become a pharmacist and all the medications. My fitness journey kept going and unfortunately good and bad, I'll be the first to say this and you probably know this too, fitness instructors, personal trainers, we are not the most healthy people in individuals we kind of are sometimes extreme on the extreme healthy side, which is actually not healthy. Mm. And so I would personal train my clients and I would work with my clients and I would then go teach more classes. And then I would also do my pharmacy job. Fast forward to age 29, I blew my back out. Oh no. By being an exercise addict. Jeez. And I'm like, you know, when my, when my surgeon said, well, you're an exercise addict, you're addicted to endorphins. And that was the first time I ever heard that term being an exercise addict. And I looked at him and said, well, how bad is that? Because I'm not smoking. At least I'm not doing drugs or smoking. You know, how bad is it to be an exercise addict? And yes. he was going through all the things I was doing to my body because I was working out too much. And, and he was right. I was, I was high getting high on those endorphins. We all know if you do a run, you talk about the endorphin levels and the high and that you get, well, apparently I was addicted to that, always having that high. And when wow. you get that high, you also get rid of pain. So mm-hmm. unfortunately blew the back out, had to have surgery. You would have thought you would have thought that would have taught me my lesson. as soon as I was able to get back in and teach I was right back in teaching as many classes I was before you know bad back to be damned because the whole thing was like well you can't gain weight with the bat with your with your back because that causes more issues so that's what it was in the back of my head all the time I can't gain weight because of that so I started kind of diving into nutrition at that time, but it was still calories in, calories out, how much you work out. At this time, we've already gone through the fat-free phase, and now we're starting to go into low-carb phase and South Beach and Adkins, high-protein, and started kind of playing with all those and getting different certifications in different modalities. Every, every certification is going to have their own spin on things. Mm. It's just the way it is. So come up to perimenopause, fast forward, and excuse my language, shit stops working. It just does. (laughs) It's like everything that I thought I knew, my classes that I was teaching, I was trying to add more weightlifting. I was trying to do, okay, let's, let's pick up whatever shiny object there is in the pharmacy right now. What pill, what, what supplement, what, what diet, keto, intermittent fasting, do this, do this. The thing is that it all would work for a very, very short time. And then the weight comes back. None right. of this is doable. In the same time that I am trying to find myself again and try to find what works, I am noticing a huge increase in the number of patients that I get in long-term care. I am a board certified geriatric pharmacist, which means my 
patient population should be over 60, 65, 70. But what I started noticing in my nursing homes was the amount of 50-year-olds, 40-year-olds, and early 60-year-olds that were being admitted to the, to the nursing homes. That's crazy. Shocking, because I'm looking at date of birth. I'm like, holy crap, they have the same year range of me. And wow. that's not what you want to see when you're doing this stuff. Because, you know, I still feel like I'm 21. And exactly, I'm, like, yeah. there's, I'm not going to end up in one of my nursing homes. So I started looking at some things that's going on. Like, okay, we're seeing diabetes. We're seeing more heart disease. We're seeing all this. There's got to be a common denominator. Mm. And it is. So on my journey, what I started figuring out was that eating less wasn't the answer. I was actually doing my body major dysfunction by doing that. Um, trying to do the extreme cardio was actually making me, for lack of better terms, fatter, adding increasing fat. And it wasn't until I went, figured out that, hey, there's something to be said about macro tracking, which is your fats, your proteins, your carbs. There's something to be said about, let's get off the diet healthy food that we think is healthy, that's being told to us that's being healthy, that the industries are telling us that's healthy, and just start going back into real food. Start to go back into what our bodies need, because the science is, is that our bodies are just one big chemical experiment. There are tons of chemistry experiments, I won't say experiment, or chemistry um, equations and, and reactions going in our body 24-7, and we can either fuel those reactions with what it needs, or we can fuel it with what it doesn't need. And so it doesn't work. And it was like almost a light bulb and the inches started coming off. And I was like, this is amazing. And things started working again. And the hot flashes went away. The pain and headaches that I thought were from teaching all the time, but it was actually from inflammation went away. So I'm like, okay, I got to get back. And I was a nutrition coach before. And I was like, you know what? I need to help other women who are going through the same thing as me, but with a slighter different spin. And the spin is that it's not about the scale anymore, especially as we get 35 and over. We have to start thinking about health. We have to start thinking about longevity. We have to start thinking about keeping our butts out of the nursing home. Because it really is this time in our lives that we can decide which road we're going to go down. We're either going to go down the same road and abuse our bodies and think it's healthy when it really isn't. And that can lead us to, unfortunately, several disease states. Or we can start taking care of our bodies, start thinking about our health. And the beautiful thing about that is once you start taking care of your health, once you start looking at increasing your muscle, not abusing your body to get healthy, is that you get the results that you wanted in the first place. The inches go down. You're back into your clothes that you wanted to be. You feel better. I call it getting, getting me back or getting my mojo back. And so that's the long, long story. So that's where I am now. I'm still a pharmacist, but I'm a virtual fitness and nutrition coach, which means I have clients everywhere. And my goal is one is to keep people out of my nursing homes by keeping them healthy and for women to get their mojo back. Mm, I love that. And Oh my goodness. Hearing that, I bet so many people listening to this right now are just itching to know, like, how do I get all the inches off? Like in a, in a way more chill way where I'm not tracking my calories and I'm not feeling like I have to do an hour of cardio every day, unless, you know, they really love it. And, and we can 
I, I mean, I have so many questions to ask you, Amy, based on what you've said. There's so many little nuggets and I'm like, let's dive into it. I think the first is like calories in, calories out. So you mentioned that you were focused on that calories in, calories out methodology without the awareness of your macronutrients and without the awareness of building muscle. Like how can calories out be so toxic? Like so, that mindset. We so think about it and I think it's, the, you know, I hate to say it, the magazines have done us a very big disservice, but it's always our number in our head is a thousand calories or 1200 calories. We always like, oh, but I can't eat this. It's a thousand, you know, I only have a thousand calories. So then we start going for the hundred calorie packs and, or I can only eat 1200 calories. And, and my favorite is when doctors, when they go to the doctor's office and they're like, oh, you're up five pounds. So you need to cut down your calories. BS, totally BS. And here's why is because our bodies need fuel, no matter what our bodies need fuel. The problem is when we just look at calories and I was making the same mistake. It's like, you know, okay, this is 50 calories, uh, you know, froyo. I can't tell you, I went through a froyo time where I'm like, oh, I can just eat frozen yogurt. Or and the worst part was eating carrots in college. And I turned freaking orange because that's what that's all I was eating. And so, you know, doing these extreme diets or extreme calorie deficit diet, you're like, oh, well, I should be getting all these, these results. Well, the problem is one, it's not doable. And two, mm. calories don't take, when you're only looking at calories, you're don't take in consideration the nutritional factor of it. You're not taking in consideration of how many carbohydrates, how much fat, how much protein. And the other thing is not that you're not looking at the quality of the nutrition. Mm. So you know, your body's, your, someone says, well, you're, you need so many calories to stay alive. Well, that's yes and no. If you're giving your body crap food, what you put in is what comes out. So no wonder you're tired. No wonder things aren't working and no wonder the, the, that you're not losing anything and you're gaining because you are giving your body really inadequate fuel. If you are a Ferrari, you don't put in regular, regular, uh, yeah. gasoline. You got to put the high octane in and it's, our bodies are the same thing. Our bodies don't want the regular. It wants the high octane. And unfortunately that has not been pushed enough in mainstream media. Mm. And it's very, it's easier to say, Oh, well, it's because you need to cut your calories. And then it puts the blame on us. You know, yes. we suck. We can't do it because we're don't ha we don't have enough willpower to not put this in our mouth. Well, the problem is if you actually start fueling your body with what you need in real food, I can guarantee you're not going to be hungry mm. because the amount of food that you have to consume for real food to get the amount that you need is sometimes for, especially my clients at first is astounding and it's almost like you got to be kidding I got to eat this much food and then it's when things start happening I'm sure you see with your clients when they start actually feeling their body and like how is this possible that I'm losing yes. all these inches but I'm eating all the time how is that possible it's because you're giving your body what it needs now those chemical reactions can occur and yes. your body's going thank you finally you're not starving me anymore you're you're fueling me so the calories in to it is just does not work at all. Yeah, definitely. When you look at calories in, calories out, like, or just calories in really as just like, oh, I need to just like have 1200 calories. Like it is absolute bullshit. And I think a lot of the things that you've mentioned 
um, I want to touch on a few things is like when you said the marketing, well, you didn't say the marketing, you said it kind of makes you feel like shit if you can't reach that calorie. Like Mm -hmm. that is those companies that are selling the bars, selling the protein, selling the shakes, manipulating you into feeling like crap because then they've got a pain point that they can exploit. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of amazing products out there, not saying that the new, that that industry is completely terrible, but I think it's important to note that if you are blindly following this messaging, um, it can be quite dangerous because you're more easily manipulated. And I know personally, as someone who's five, nine, like I get these messages that like, Oh, you should be 135 pounds and you should have a 1200 calorie diet. I'm sorry, but if you want to, if you want an ass, you want thighs, you want muscle and you're five, nine, 1200 calories Mm -hmm. and 135 pounds, isn't going to cut it. Um, and even if you're shorter than that, to be honest, but it's it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and, you know, they market you to make you feel like you're a failure, that it's, exactly. and then so that way they got you because now you, now you're in this ending, never ending cycle of you failed, but our product's going to work. If you just yes. do it right this, if, <laughs> but if you just do it right this time, our product will work here, checkbook, you know, that's, that's what they're looking for. They're, they're not looking for your best interest. They're looking into get into your wallet. That's what mm. they're, and if they can make it that it's your fault and not the company's fault, then wow, how cool <laughs> is that? Because it's it's you're in this never ending, horrible, horrible, vicious cycle that you've got to put the brakes on and say, you know what, it's time to get off this, this road because obviously it's not working. Obviously it's not going to work and it's not doing your body any good. Yeah, you're so right. And I'm going to get my corporate girly out. So I'm I'm really big into business. I do enjoy business. And there's this marketing methodology called like PASS, problem, agitate, solution. So the problem is, is that like you're not reaching your calorie goals. We're going to agitate that you don't feel good in your body. Hey, the solution is my bar. And that's literally how that's mm-hmm. that's a one marketing framework. But there's so many different marketing frameworks that like if if they've identified a pain, then they can they can exploit it. But in saying that, we're here to chat about solutions. So um, I want to know, you mentioned that like feeding your body with nutrition and focusing on the macronutrients. Can you dive a little bit more into this eating more kind of methodology? Sure. So macronutrients, you'll hear a lot of times and I always get people like, what are macronutrients? What are micronutrients? Macronutrients are your three big nutrition needs. So it's your carbohydrates, it's your fats, your proteins, your micronutrients are your vitamins and minerals. So when we start looking into how much fat you need, and yes, you do need fat, how much (laughs) carbs you need. And yes, I mean, it used to be people were like, I can't eat fat. Now it's like, I can't eat carbs. Yes, you do need carbs. You really do need carbs. (laughs) And then also protein. And as we age, you actually need more protein. And I'm going to put some myths right here. Protein does not hurt your kidneys. If you have functioning That's a kidneys. belief out there. People it believe is. that protein believe will protein, get Wow. Yeah, that will, that will put you in kidney failure. That if wow. You, yeah, it's crazy. So protein will not hurt you. Protein is something that you need, especially for females. We absolutely need protein. We always think, oh, well, the guys need protein. No, ladies, we need muscle too. We yes. need muscle. We are we are not built to be Arnold. So unless unless you have lots of help, you're not going to get that way. It's going to be tough to get that way. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. 
So we need a certain amount of protein, fats, and carbohydrates. And how do we figure that out? Well, that's where you work with somebody, such as myself or Lori, because we're going to tell you, depending on your age, on your activity level, and what results that you want as to what you need. Also, it depends. Our genetics, everybody is different. And that's what I want people to understand. Please don't look at your best friend who's doing the same thing as you are and going, why are they getting different results than me? Because their genetics are different. And your results are just as good as theirs. And we have to kind of get out of that mentality that we're all meant to be this size two or waif or not have curves or not have not have a butt. And with your genetics too, that means that, okay, somebody like me who carries the type two diabetes gene, which I found out uh, when I had my genetics done, thanks dad. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I also don't process carbohydrates as well. Does that mean I don't eat carbohydrates? Absolutely no, I eat carbs all the time. It's just the ratios that I do with my fats, my proteins and my carbohydrates so that I can keep my blood sugar stable. When you work with a coach, you can actually listen to your body. Your body will tell you what you need. Our, you don't have to go get genetic testing because your body is extremely smart. So when you start eating whole foods and you start keeping track and it, I always tell my clients, hey, let's see how you feel on certain days. And then we can adjust from there as to know what percentages that your body is requiring and what it needs. Are you crashing? Do you feel great? Do you feel like you're going high, low, or do you feel like you have energy that sustains you throughout the day? And that way we can kind of fine tweak because we're all different and we all require different nutrition. Doesn't mean that we all require that we that we some of us require junk food and some of us don't require and some of us require real food. No, we all require real food. It's just the amount of different kinds that we require. Are you tired of constantly feeling burnt out while trying to achieve your goals? Do you find yourself struggling to maintain motivation and productivity over long periods of time? I'd like to introduce you to the Goal Getting Journal, the ultimate solution for those of you who want to surpass their goals without burning out. Our journal is designed to help you set achievable goals, track your progress, and maintain a healthy work-life balance. With our journal, you'll discover practical strategies for managing stress, staying motivated and avoiding burnout, including time blocking, habit stacking, and so much more. You'll also learn how to prioritize your tasks and maximize your productivity so you can get more done in less time. The Goal Getting Journal is perfect for anyone who wants to achieve their goals without sacrificing their mental health and well-being. Whether you're an entrepreneur, a student, or just someone who wants to make any positive change in your life, the Goal Getting Journal can help you stay on track and avoid burnout. And for Holistic Fitness Podcast listeners, you can get 20% off your first journal using the code HFPODCAST. Go to goalgettingjournal.com and type HF podcast at checkout to get your discount. So what are you waiting for? Order the Goal Getting Journal today and start getting your goals without burning out. Yes. I love that you're bringing that individuality to it. Like I even see that as a vegetarian when I've lived with my mom and my ex-boyfriend, like both of them, if they ate too much vegetarian, they just crashed in energy. Mm-hmm. And for me, like, I just feel so sluggish if I eat meat. So yeah. like, I, I have a real life example of that, but can you provide a few more examples of where like one size doesn't fit all from your practice? Sure. Absolutely. So if, if someone's going through menopause, if someone's older, they're going to probably require more protein because we, because I'll say we, cause I'm in that category because we don't 
um, digest protein as well and utilize it as well. So we're going to have to have more protein. Mm. Somebody who might be a marathon runner or somebody who does extreme sports, we are probably going to have to increase the amount of carbohydrates that they have and depending on what their training schedule is. Then someone who is sedentary, and we'll talk about sedentary, but you know, there's going to be things that we change. But the thing is, is that what people don't understand is that they'll do a six-week program and they will get this like meal plan. And then they don't understand after six weeks why it stops working. Because you changed. If you are actually doing what you should do, and I'm not talking about a six-week diet, I'm talking about start working on your nutrition. If you do something that is fueling your body, and you're working on increasing your muscle mass because now mm. we're increasing your metabolism. And muscle is your fountain of youth. I cannot stress that enough. Muscle is your fountain of youth. It's going to age you backwards. And when after six weeks, you're probably going to need more food. And the problem that people make is that, oh, six weeks done out of here. I'm just now, now I either go back to my old lifestyle because we didn't see this as a new lifestyle or it was a diet. So you can't keep this kind of lifestyle because it's so, it's so depriving. That's a red flag right there. It's depriving red flag. So if you are doing something that's actually fueling your body, you're eating, you're building muscle, your fuel, what your body needs is going to change. And it's going to change as it ebbs and flows. It's going to change if something happens. Like in the summer here, I'm outside working on our yard all the time. My nutrition needs are much different than when in the winter, when it's snowy and I can't be outside mm. and, and working in the yard for hours. So that's another thing to think about is that we as individuals are constantly changing as well as being somebody who maybe does better with, with uh, maybe a higher fat or somebody who does better with higher carbohydrates. So it's, it's all that individuality that is so cool and that the diet industry misses because they put us all in the same freaking bucket yes. and says, here's our shakes, here's our packets. And then once again, if it doesn't work, it's your fault. Yeah. You've raised so many good points. And I think even if you don't have the resources to have a coach full-time, it's ideal to get a coach just to help you with that macronutrient breakdown because a lot of people are using... I love my fitness pal as a tool. However, I, I input my macronutrients based on my skeletal muscle mass. Mm -hmm. And and that is how I cal calculate my macronutrients. And also I know I, you know, my body thrives on carbs, carbs, um, mm -hmm. our brain, high glucose, like just loves it. Don't know how people do keto. I would be absolutely crazy um, if I did that. But I think a lot of people, they kind of like, will just Google how much protein does my body mm -hmm. need and get, a result that's really, really low and not ideal, but then also they don't know what their basal metabolic rate is really because they don't, you know, your basal metabolic rate really, the more muscle you have, the higher it is. And and I think that's a really big reason why we're under eating as a society. Well, for women anyway. <laughs> yes. Well, and, and my fitness pal, great tool. Love my fitness pal. The problem is too, is that you will get a kind of like a push from my fitness pal going, Hey, it's time for you to get on a scale. Um, yeah, ladies, yeah, yeah. stay off the freaking scale. The scale is not your friend. The scale lies. The scale is a bad ex-boyfriend. It really is. It tries to manipulate you. And that's another issue is that if you Google or you see the latest TikTok or you see the latest Instagram reel that says, this is what you should be doing. Once again, it's putting everybody in a bucket and it's not 
looking at you individual wise to say, okay, where are you now? Where do you want to go? And let's help you now. Let's help you during, and let's help you after. And the problem is, is then you put that number into my fitness pal and think that's the end all be all and nothing's working and you can't figure out why. And it, it does really help to help work with someone just so that you can, it's, it's be a sponge, get all that, <laughs> get all that information and, and learn about everything so that you can understand how your body works. Cause mm-hmm. that is, that is so, so important to understand who you are, what works for you, how do you feel? Because sometimes even in the health industry, because I'm a pharmacist who doesn't want you on medication, you have to sometimes be your own health advocate. And when you know your body and you know what's going on and you know how you feel with certain foods or feel with certain things, it's amazing what you can do for yourself and be your biggest cheerleader. Mm, Yeah, definitely. I love that you're a pharmacist and helping people in such a holistic way because, you know, to keep you in your day job, (laughs) people need drugs and you're like, you know what, this is still my day job, but I'm going to help people get healthy holistically because I do not want, you know, people a similar age to me getting into these nursing homes. Well, now, and what I see in the lifestyle, what I see in the nursing homes and the lifestyle are like, well, what are you seeing that people are this young? Diabetes, unfortunately, is huge. So we're talking gangrene, losing limbs, um, kidney failure, eyesight failure. But I'm also seeing strokes at a younger age, colon cancer at a younger age, heart attacks at a younger age. So there's all these things. And and you're like, well, okay, well, but why are they in a nursing home? Because they can't take care of themselves anymore. And in nursing home, that's not living. I don't want to scare people when, well, if you don't do this, you're in the... But we have the power. We really have the power to decide where we want to go. Uh, you know, um, a lot of people ask, well, what do you want to tell your younger self? And I'm like, I want you to look in the mirror and look at your future self. And what would your future self be telling you right now? Is your future self going to say, hey, you're on the road to where I'm going to have a hip fracture. You're on the road to where I can't take care of myself. You're on, the, Or is it saying, hey, Thank you so much for getting me muscle so I can get out of the chair, so I can lift my dog, so I lift my grandkids or lift all those groceries in one one trip from the car to the kitchen. Or is it saying, I really wish you would have done X, Y, Z. I don't want to be there going, I wish I would have done X, Y, Z. I can do that now telling my younger self, but I want I'm looking at my future self saying, okay, what's my future self going to say to me today? Wow. Yeah, I love that. Really flips it on its head. Its head. There's so much more I want to dive into you, um, into what you said earlier. You said more cardio actually makes you fatter. So can you explain why? I love cardio too. Big fan of running, big fan Mm -hmm. of the elliptical, also big fan of like lower, lower weights hit. Love it. Yeah. Why does it make you fatter? So especially as we age. So if you're in your thirties, your forties, like, Hey, cardio is great. Great. Hit perimenopause and things start changing. So the problem is, is that, and believe me, I love the cardio too. I really do. Mm-hmm. The problem with cardio and doing always hit, doing always cardio, and let's pair that with underfueling. Let's pair that with under eating. So now when you think, and I'm, I was in where aerobic starts going, yes, you're burning fat. Keep going, go further. No, wrong. You're burning muscle. So uh, when you don't fuel yourself and when you overwork out or overdo cardio, your body is not a fat burning machine. I don't care what anybody tells you. And I was one of those people who believed that too, was like, how can I not be a fat burning machine? No, I'm burning muscle because let's go with the science. 
The science is, is that your body needs glucose mm. and it's going to break down glycogen from your muscles to get that. And it has to be the fastest way. Unfortunately, to burn fat, that is long and it's a long process. So all the conditions must be optimal to burn fat. Unfortunately, when you're not eating and you need fuel right away, it comes from your muscles. So what does that do? That slows your metabolism. So yes, ladies, you're slowing your metabolism down. And yes, your metabolism is slowing down as you get older because you've been under fueling for years and you're compensating by doing more cardio because that's what we told. Don't eat or eat less, move more. Then we have the problem of we keep moving more, we keep eating less, we keep using muscle. And yes, our metabolism slows down. There is a study that just came out that says our metabolism should not start slowing down until we're around 65, 68. Interesting. So our so the my metabolism is slowing down is not a a kind of like a end all be all or what's supposed to be happening. We're causing it. Right. We really shouldn't be causing it. So do we not hit sarcopenia at like 30 and then our no. muscles start to, so that's 65. kind of been debunked. Wow. We, we hit sarcopenia in our thirties because of not eating and moving more. And right. also sometimes too, our meat goes down, non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So you're like, so what? Okay. So what is that? Okay. Meat is... Think about it. When you are growing up, you're playing outside. You are running after your kids. Now the kids are getting older and all you're doing is running them from soccer game to soccer game to activity, activity in the car. You're no longer running after them. So maybe you have a cleaning lady now or you have someone who comes in and helps you or, or whatever. You're not mowing your lawn like you used to because you don't have time and you send, end up being sedentary. So mm -hmm. that sarcopenia comes in both ways. It comes because we're not moving our bodies as much in that way, in, in a daily effort. And then it also comes from underfueling and overworking out. Yes, that makes sense. So it's more so the sarcopenia at 30 is more so lifestyle-based than it yes. is um, actually, wow. I'm very curious about, so another thing that I'm curious about that you mentioned, so the way I understand it, um, our body and especially our brain's preferred energy sources, carbohydrates, then mm -hmm. it's fats, then it's proteins. You're right though, fats being around that 70% heart range, heart rate range, and, which is why walking is really good for for fat loss. Yeah. Um, yeah. But of course you need to do it for longer. So are, are you saying basically we skip burning the fat when we're in that more like anaerobic or aerobic state. And that's mm -hmm. why we're getting fatter. Am I understanding yes. that right? So because we're under fueling and the main thing is because right. we're under fueling. Okay. So when you start fueling your body, when you start giving it the nutrition it needs, and it's like, oh my God, she is finally freaking fueling me. She's finally right. letting yeah. me do all these things. Then your body's like, hey, I don't have to use muscle. I don't have to use muscle as my preferred source of energy all the time. We become what's called metabolic flexible. So you would turn them from a sugar burner to a fat burner. And what we want is that, yes, there's gonna be times where you need that sugar burn, that very quick, quick mm. energy. But what we want is that it will flip the switch, then go right to a fat burning. And by fueling your body, by keeping your blood sugar stable and not having things that spike up, meaning that you eat something, your blood sugar goes way, way up, and then you crash down, 
your body will actually start preferring fat as its fuel source. And then when it goes into the sugar burning slash muscle for like maybe a hit class or something like that, you will deplete glycogen, but instead of keep going for the muscle, it's actually going to switch back to your fat stores. Right. Makes sense. How long does it take somebody to go through this transition? You know, I, I'm assuming that you probably get some people that are, that have been on this similar cycle to what you are. When you start helping them fuel correctly, when you help them lift weight, maybe in conjunction with cardio, if they genuinely love cardio, mm -hmm. how long does it take for people to generally, you know, maybe a ballpark because everyone's yeah. different. And I'm not saying changes. get rid of cardio because I do cardio too. It's it's not yeah. doing it in the excess. That's that's the thing. Or just doing only cardio. It's, yeah. it's doing a conjunction of weight training plus cardio because I love walking. I'm a kickboxer. I'm a boxer. It's like, there's certain things that I do, but I just don't Love do that. it for hours anymore a day, you, you know, really is 30 minutes. So when you start seeing results, so one, I'm going to work with inflammation with you and I, right. and you're like, what kind of, what do you mean inflammation? So if you think about acute inflammation, that's like you have a cut or a mosquito bite or something and it comes hot and it goes away. When you are fueling your body with Wrap food with lots of sugar, lots of ultra processed foods, things that come in packages. And I'm going to pull some out here. Link cuisine, healthy choice are not good for you. <laughs> that is ultra processed foods too. So now your body's in a constant state of inflammation. Mm. And it's hard for your body to work when it's in a constant state of inflammation. It's always thinking that something is attacking it. That's not good. That increases your chance of diabetes, stroke, and heart attack. Not good. So what happens in the first couple of weeks when I'm working with somebody is when we're going to tackle that inflammation and it's going to start going away, that's inches like crazy. Think about all the, um, you know, if someone's apple shaped, that's usually what's called visceral fat. That's a lot of inflammation right there. Yeah. Then we start fueling your body. Now we're eat, fueling your body and, and starting to, oh my gosh, okay, I can eat this much and pairing it with workouts that are not forever, 30 minutes going for a walk, lifting weights. And ladies, I know I love those pink little weights. I love those little three pounders. They're great. <laughs> but, but, and I think maybe I match your outfit. Um, but, but it's time to start thinking about heavier weights. Yes. And because, because you need to, I mean, once again, you're not becoming Arnold Schwarzenegger. So yeah. honestly, what happens is, unfortunately it takes a long time to build muscle, mm. but, but, what will happen is, is that you will start seeing inches go down because you're losing inflammation. You start to lose fat. And then about four, five, six weeks, things are a little bit different in the mirror. You look and go, oh, what's that on my shoulder? Or what's that on my arm? Is that a muscle? Is that something <laughs> that, you know, I get that all the time. I'll have a, someone will send me a picture going, look at this. And, and what you have to realize is that the scale does not say a thing about muscle. It really doesn't. And it mm. doesn't say a thing about fat loss either. And I had this conversation with, with a client yesterday who was just having the hardest time getting to the scale. I'm like, if you lost 10 inches and not a pound, would you be okay with that? And she's like, I don't know. I'm like, it's 10 inches. That means that means, <laughs> that means, a, a, you know, a size or two size. That also means that if you lost 10 inches and not a pound, that more than likely you lost body fat and you saved your muscle and you saved your metabolism. Mm. That's pretty freaking amazing. And when we get, when we stop putting a number and thinking that, I know we all, I mean, everybody think about it right now. 
What is the number that you thought would make you happy? What's the number on the scale that you thought was perfect? What is the number on the scale that you thought was going to change your life? Right? 145. 120 was mine. 120. So I was like, you know, when, once I got to that, once I got to that number, it'd be like, the sky is going to open. I'm going to win the lottery. I'll get the man of my dreams and people will just love me. It doesn't work that way. No. And once you, and if you got to that number, you feel terrible and maybe, or maybe you felt elated for one day and then you couldn't hold that number. And once again, you feel like a failure. So that number doesn't mean crap, but now think about your favorite outfit in your closet. Mm. How do you feel with that favorite outfit? What if your number didn't mean crap and you didn't lose a pound, but you could get back in your favorite outfit that you actually think this is the best thing ever and it makes you just light up the room? That's what we want. That's what we really want. We want to feel good. We want to mm. feel amazing. And no one's where no one is going to say, the, oh, what, what's, what's the number on the scale? They're not going to look above your head and you have a little number that follows you everywhere that tells you what your number is. It doesn't. But they see you in the outfit. They're like, oh my God, that's the coolest outfit ever. Where'd you get? You look great, yeah. girl. You know, that's what that's what we need to be looking for. And then this, the other part is the health part. It's mm-hmm. like we're decreasing osteoporosis. We're decreasing high blood pressure. We're de- keep decreasing cholesterol. We're decreasing um, heart attacks. We're decreasing diabetes so that we can live our life with purpose and thrive with energy as we keep getting, we're not getting any younger, but I also don't want to age. We don't have to age. We don't have to. Yes, we get older, but we don't have to succumb to diseases of aging or frailty. We can still be strong. I want to be Betty White. I mean, yes. I really do. I mean, yes. she lived a so much full, energy, so much energy, so much full. And we can talk about mindset too, too, but it's, you know, it's that living your life the best way possible and being healthy and not doing the extreme because how much time have we wasted on dieting? How much time have we wasted on beating ourselves up? How much time have we wasted thinking about I'm not good enough? Hey, Holistic Fitness fam, a quick message from one of our sponsors, Ned. As you all know, I recommend good nutrition, movement and stress management practices before supplementing so you know what type of supplementation that your body actually needs. For me, I supplement with very few products, but Ned is one of them. I'm a type A, high energy, ambitious business girly with massive goals. And sometimes I honestly just need to chill out and relax a bit. I've found that both Ned's de-stress and sleep blends fit in with my busy lifestyle and ambitious goals, but I was honestly not a big fan of CBD products before trying Ned, mostly because of the culture surrounding weed. I just didn't want something that was going to alter my state of mind so that I became much less of a goal getter or less ambitious. That was until I learned about full spectrum hemp and their benefits. Ned blends a chock full of premium CBD and a full spectrum hemp of active cannabinoids. Ned's full spectrum hemp oil nourishes the body's endocannabinoid system to to offer functional support for stress, sleep, inflammation, and balance. These products are science-backed, nature-based solutions that offer an alternative to prescription and over-the-counter drugs. All of Ned's products are... All of Ned's full-spectrum hemp oil is extracted from USDA-certified organic hemp plants grown by an independent farmer named Jonathan in Colorado. 
I'm obviously a big fan, but don't take just my word for it. Ned CBD products have over 2,000 five-star reviews and they work with incredible partners in the medical field like Dr. Caroline Leith, Dr. Christian Gonzalez and Dr. Will Cole. Ned is providing Holistic Fitness podcast listeners a very special discount. If you'd like to give Ned a try, listeners get 15% off Ned products with the code Lori Lee. L-O-R-I-L-E-E. Thanks, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering a natural remedy to bring balance to so many people's well-being. When we could be like, hey, I'm working on health. I'm working on my mindset. I want to feel amazing. And we, I mean, you just know when things start, when you start feeling amazing, it's a snowball effect. It could be either or. If it's negative, it goes really bad and it gets down your rabbit hole. But when you start feeling amazing, and everything just starts clicking. The job seems easier. The kids seem easier. Your relationship with your husband seems easier. It's just, it's, it's just so wow and mm. awesome to watch when things just start clicking. Yes. How do you help people? I think as fitness coaches, we know that the aesthetic goals last for a specific amount of time. We will get somebody, whether it's mm-hmm. four weeks or whether it's 16 weeks into the dress that they want to get into. Um, but you know, aesthetic goals are one thing, but I think these fitness and men, uh, these health and mental goals are another thing. How do you help people switch their mindset to to focus on the energy and the love and and all of those health goals? Mindset's hard because of the programming we've had since little girls. It yeah. really is. So it's it's shifting that dialogue in your head. It's what I call flipping the script. It's shifting the reason. Like I think, find your why. Okay. Yes. But that why is usually I want to get in these pants or I want to get better for this, this high school reunion. That why is not enough. The why yeah, has why? to be, but why? Yeah. I mean, I <laughs> yeah. seriously, I tell, I tell somebody say, ask yourself, but why about be that two-year-old, be that, you know, that curiosity, ask yourself that, but why maybe five or six times. Okay. I want yeah. to get my pants, but why I want to look good in my high school reunion, but why? Because I want to look better than everybody else, but why, but you know, why? it's like, but why, you know, keep going, but why? And when we can flip the script and start looking at health, when we can start looking at as disease prevention and not just how, what size of jeans I'm in or how I look at my leggings, when we can start looking at, Hey, I'm squatting so that when I am 80, I can get up of a, get out of a chair like that. Yes. (laughs) You know, it's, it's not, I mean, I'm not going to fall or if I fall, I have lifted my lifted weights. My bones are protected by my muscle and it's no big deal. I'm not going to break something. So it's like, we're trained. We have to realize that we're training for our future self. We, mm. we really need to train for that future self. And once we start flipping the script going, you know what, I'm going to be healthy. And especially if you have daughters, because one of these days we have got to break the cycle. Yes. Would you tell your daughter, you know, the stuff that you tell yourself, I'm fat. I look horrible. This is just, I'm, I'm, and, or, and the other thing too, if it's a program that you're looking at and your daughter can't do it because it's extreme, because you would not let them put that kind of stuff in their body, then why the hell are you doing it? That's such a good reflection. Yeah. Why the hell are you even thinking about that? You're like, oh no, I wouldn't let, I mean, I talked to so many people from these extreme things or certain um, programs out there. And I'm like, would you let your daughter do that? I'm like, no. Oh, I wouldn't know. Then why do you think why it's healthy you for you? It? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because, but they think we're, you're an adult, you're not growing anymore. Yes, you are. 
It's even more important because our DNA, our cells aren't as resilient as they were when we were younger. So now mm-hmm. it's even more important that we love our body, that we love ourselves, that we change our mindset. And I, I just did a blog on this is that looking at mindset and weight gain mm. because it's almost a self-fulfilled prophecy. I'm fat. I look horrible. I can't lose weight. All the things that you're telling yourself, your body is listening and if you think it's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I just can't lose weight. Okay, well, I'm gonna have another glass of wine. Or and it's, it's you're, you're actually doing a self-fulfilled prophecy on this. And unfortunately, I was listening all the time, and that mm-hmm. negative energy increases your cortisol. Cortisol will help keep that fluff around the middle. That negative energy makes you tired. Mm. That negative energy makes where people don't want to be around you. I mean, you see somebody in a room and you're like, oh, there's Debbie Downer or there's the person that lights up the room. Who are you going to pick? So why do you keep beating yourself up and and wanting to, and, and making yourself that Debbie Downer? And I, and I know that's kind of like making it very simple, but if by flipping the switch, by thinking about health, by going for a walk, by thinking of the I can instead of the I can't mm. is huge. I mean, if yes. Henry, Ford, Henry Ford said it, either you can or you can't. It, it's up to you. Yes. It, it, it's, it's how you frame it, how you think. But the way you explained it made so much sense. A lot of people don't think about the affirmations and and they kind of like view body positivity and having a weight loss goal as two separate things when it's like, no, you can do both in conjunction. For exactly what you said, being negative drains your energy. Mm-hmm. What do you need to start a new way of living? Energy. So it, it really is that simple. If we can feed ourselves a positive messaging and help ourselves with the I cans, that's what's really going to propel us and give us the momentum to keep going because there will be hard days. And And you mentioned like you wouldn't say I'm fat and I'm horrible to your daughter. I'm sorry, but you wouldn't even say you're fat and you're horrible to someone you don't even like. Yeah. So why are we saying it to ourselves? <laughs> right. And it's like, you know, and, and we have to, once again, our individuality. I am, I'll be honest, I'm 5'5". Five five, I have German background. I have thick, thick thighs and a butt. And back when I was growing up, flat butts were the thing. Being skinny was the thing. Yes. The thigh gap was the big thing. And it wasn't until later in life that I'm like, you know what, this butt, these thighs are going to keep me going. And it's embracing our individuality and being like, hey, you know, I I do have a six pack. That's genetics. But, you know, if you have these amazing legs, want those amazing legs. That's be proud of who you are and your individuality, because how boring would it be if we were all freaking size two and we all look the same? Yes. I love that. And I'm the same as you. I have ass, I've got thighs and that just happens to be cool right now. But the reason I'm not selling you a six week booty program is yes, I can lift heavy. Yes, I can hip thrust heavy. And yes, I do do heavy leg workouts. But the reason I have an ass isn't because I eat perfectly and because I lift heavy. It's largely because of genetics as Mm -hmm. well. Um, We only really have one time for one more question, but I'd love to touch on this. Like, like how does genetics work? You know, like, why is it that, and this is a big question, but like, why is it that some people just have an ass and legs? And why is it that some people are size two naturally? Like, 
It doesn't make sense when you think of calories in, calories out and building muscle. And like as a trainer, like I, I want sometimes want things to be black and white, but genetics just feels like that gray thing you can't explain. So there is, okay, so you do have genetics because you get, you know, you get so many chromosomes from your mom, you get so many chromosomes from your dad. And you know, I can look, I'm like, thanks mom for the legs and the butt. Great. You know, <laughs> thanks dad, dad for the diabetes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, why did I get my dad's legs? You know, because they have really long, skinny legs. So, you know, there is the genetics and there, you know, there is things that, that frame us. So how genetics work is, okay, we get our, get some from my mom and dad. So we have our DNA. That's the blueprint. So it's not the end all be all though. Now you have environment and now you also have nutrition that pulls the trigger. So it can pull the trigger either on disease but it can also pull the trigger on how you want to be. Now, if somebody is naturally skinny, it's probably their, their ratio of fast twitch and slow twitch muscles. And it's just one of those things as you know, like someone who's like, oh my gosh, you're so skinny. But you, I mean, how many people do you know in high school back in the day that could eat whatever they wanted? They were real thin. And then 25, 30, all of a sudden things changed. Yeah. And now, no, now they're... You. Now that now that they're and like, I don't understand. I used to be able to eat whatever I want. So once again, you got nutrition, you got environment that that changed something that caused a, a genetics to express itself, that caused something to change. So it is something that you know we are built differently, and some people have ectomorph, mesomorph, endomorph. Some people can build muscle quicker. And some people, it does take a little bit longer. But what I tell everybody is that there is nothing ever wrong with trying to build muscle and there's nothing ever wrong with eating real food. You might get different results than somebody else, but inside, inside, we have all the same chemical reactions going on. Mm. And we want to make sure that the chemistry inside us is performing optimally. Yes. I love that. That was such a really good way to break it down. Like, yes, genetics are there, but environment and nutrition is also really important. And yeah, I love that you also brought the fast twitch into it and the slow twitch. I did that 23andMe test and um, I have the fast, like the, I'm more likely to be the powerlifting type or the fast twitch. And I'm like, yeah, well, that explains explains the button. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've loved having you on the podcast and we do have a final question and I'm actually going to change the final question because of what you said earlier, your 70 year old self right now, what advice would she give you? She would give me to keep doing what I'm doing. And there's also days where I have the negative heads talk and the, and the belief systems that come back from when I was younger and be like, nope, keep those away. You're going to keep me out of a nursing home and you are, we're going to live to, yeah, we're going to, we're going to live and live fun and live healthy and we're going to thrive. So keep doing what you're doing because you're on the right path. Yes. Your 70 year old self is like the ultimate hype woman. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm going to ask the next few guests that question because I love the way you kind of, as you say, flipped the script there of like, what do you need to know in this moment from your future self? Yeah. I mean, because it's, it, unfortunately, it's too late for me to tell my 20 year old self something. Yeah. And, <laughs> but I can definitely look at the future and say, Hey, what can I do to make sure that my 70, 80, 90 year old is rocking? Yeah. Just living our best life, like mm-hmm. Betty White style. Exactly. Exactly. 
I love that. I've loved having you on the podcast and I'm sure everyone wants to know how they can get in touch with you, learn more about your services, perhaps get in touch with you for virtual coaching. So where can we all find you, Amy? So the best way to find me is on my website, amykwilson.com, because that will have all my social links, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. It's A-M-Y-K-W-I-L-S-O-N.com. Don't forget the K because there's so many freaking Amy Wilsons out there. But if you would like to schedule a call and it's 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 just a free consult with me. You can go to callwithamy.live. That's callwithamy.live. And we can chat about whatever you want. And if you decide to work with me, hey, I'll throw in a $40 value of resistance bands because you know how I feel about muscle. Yes. Love that. Building that muscle resistance. You know, when yes. you were... Um spelling out your name I thought it was really funny because to me Amy Wilson you should not mess up that spelling but my name's Laurie Clark I get why some people maybe Mm -hmm. like mess up the Laurie part but the amount of people that say clack instead of Clark and I'm like Clark is a very common last name like yes putting an e on the end I understand that mess up but even if you have the most simple names people it's, still mess it up yes and and you you wouldn't believe the amount of Amy Wilson's are out there so I'm like I had, yeah, I, to use, I had to use the middle initial so Amy K Wilson I love that it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast thank you so much oh, this Amy. has been great thank you And for everyone listening to the Holistic Fitness Podcast at home, in the car, wherever you're tuning in today, eat well, move well, breathe well. And until next time, keep shining.